Welcome to Founder Views. My name is Costa. I'm your host and co-founder of Web for Realty, a SaaS company that I bootstrapped out of my parents' basement with no money and no tech experience into a fully remote company doing seven figures in ARR. I'm taking you through my SaaS journey in real time as I talk about business situations I'm going through, thinking about, or just find interesting. My purpose is not to give you the answers, but to spark something in your mind that can help improve your business along the way. I manage a fully remote company with team members all over the world in different countries and time zones. As you know, a critical component to running a business is having a phone system. With Aircall, I'm able to set up new numbers and create an account for team members in less than a minute. Aircall can be downloaded on any computer or mobile device. You can literally make and receive calls wherever you go. The system is totally flexible as well, so you can customize the workflow and call routing however you want. As a company owner or manager, you can also get deep insights and analytics broken down by individual or department. Uh, You can also enable call recordings. You can go back and review calls for training and support. Uh, Just a whole bunch of features. The list really does go on. Uh, They also have a ton of integrations with pretty much all of your favorite apps. If you're looking for a phone system built for today's modern business, look no further than Aircall. I highly recommend them. I know my team couldn't function without Aircall. I was able to get my listeners a completely free seven-day free trial, so you can try it out. Sign up on aircall.io slash founderviews. That's the only way you'll get the seven-day free trial. They got to know that I sent you. Uh, That's aircall.io slash founderviews, and use Aircall free for seven days. You won't regret it. In this episode, I'm speaking with Mubs Iqbal. I stumbled across Mubs on Twitter and immediately wanted to talk to him on my podcast. Uh, Mubs was the Product Hunt's maker of the year in 2016, and he's been the runner-up a whole bunch of times, which is pretty awesome. Uh, He is what you can only describe as a maker. He's built and developed a countless number of websites and apps, uh, which we're talking about in this episode. Uh, Most recently, he developed an app called PodHunt that allows people to submit and find new and exciting podcast episodes. Uh, He's already garnered over 600 users in only a few months, and it's growing rapidly. Uh, We're talking about a bunch of different topics in this episode, including his involvement with Product Hunt and how he won Maker of the Year. Uh, We get into a few of his most popular projects, and he also gives some tips on how non-coders can get ideas and projects off the ground. Uh, This was a really fun episode. Mubs is extremely talented. He's fun, down-to-earth, and most importantly, a great person. Uh, I hope you enjoy our chat. Here it is. All right, Mubs, I was really excited to speak to you. Thanks so much for, for coming on the Founder Views podcast. Absolutely. No, happy to happy to be on, on, on your podcast. Amazing. So I actually stumbled upon you on Twitter somehow, um, probably through one of your tweets on podcasts and PodHunt, which uh, is one of your latest projects, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, you posted something that, that caught my interest. I, I glanced at your profile. Uh, thought a bit of what you're up to and thought to myself, damn, like this guy is really doing the damn thing, building all kinds of cool apps. You have a quite a big following and you seem like a, a really, real cool guy. So, so yeah, excited to have you on. No, and yeah, and, and that's usually how most people find me. They, you know, somebody, uh, you know, uh, finds a project that I worked on and retweets it to their 
followers already and people kind of just kind of peek inside and say oh this is one of you know i think it's i think i'm up to 85 side projects now so so there's usually some project under the hood that people find they're like well that's interesting <laughs> yeah that's crazy uh yeah I, I, I don't know how else to describe you other than like a maker yeah. as i'm sure you'd agree so can you tell us a, just a bit about yourself your background and uh what being a maker means to you yeah so yeah absolutely absolutely i'm a maker um i started playing with computers uh when i was about eight years old um i was the youngest of four kids so my dad bought home a computer for the for the family i think he was thinking it would be used more by by the older kids um but i was one who was really drawn to it and and really started just playing around with it uh much more than um much more than anybody else did so i started to write code uh, pretty early on, um, when when I was about eight years old, and that just kind of went through through high school and and uh, and kind of everything like that. I just I just learned more languages, learned more more things, how to make things, and uh, and yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. Um, I graduated um, from university in 1996, uh, and uh, went into the web industry, which there really wasn't a big web industry back then, but. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, so I've been around since almost like the beginning of the big wave of kind of like the web becoming a thing. And, uh, and I just love to m- make things and I love to make things on the web sp- uh, sp- uh, specifically. That's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. Uh, are you currently in the States? Uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I've been living here, I think now longer than I lived anywhere else, but I was born in, uh, Pakistan. My family moved to England when I was four years old. Um, and then after I graduated from university, I got a job with a company in England. And, um, after about six months, they asked me if I wanted to move to California, um, in, in the States. Um, and I, I jumped at the chance, um, and absolutely loved living in the States. So i eventually I moved over to the East coast, but I've been here ever since now. That's awesome. That's great. Are you in in New York or? Uh, so I live just out. I live about two hours north of New York City. But yeah, in uh, in in New York State. Nice, nice. Uh, definitely one of my favorite cities for sure. All right, so that's that's awesome. Thanks for sharing your background. Um, I do want to talk about a few of your current projects, but before that, I, I see you were Product Hunt's Maker of the Year in 2016 <laughs> and runner up a couple of years. Uh, that sounds like quite the achievement. Like I'm definitely a fan of Product Hunt, but admittedly, I'm not like too engaged in the platform, to be honest. Uh, and I've never launched any projects on Product Hunt. But uh, how do you go about becoming maker of the year? Like, what's involved in that? Is it like a vote amongst peers or users of Product Hunt? So yeah, so the first year that they ran what they called the Golden Kitty Awards is kind of their their kind of Oscars, I guess. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was just a purely based on people voting for, you know, who they thought the best or not the best, but you know, who, who should be maker of the year. Um, since then they've, they've, they pulled back from that cause it ended up just being a popularity contest at that point. Um, and so now they look at, uh, uh well, I, I'm not sure that they really told us exactly what they look at, but it's a combination of how many 
products you've launched in the in in the past year how many upvotes they received how many comments they received and, and kind of things like that so it's it's become a little bit more dictated based in terms of kind of how they pick who the maker of the year is but but for me in 2016 yeah i think that was just a year that um i think i ended up launching something like 25 products in that one year um and, and so i just went kind of insane um <laughs> that, that year i was just making stuff for myself and making things for other people as well uh and so that that really helped me uh become maker mm, of the year Wow, that that is insane for sure. Um, are are you uh, in line to to be like runner up or winner this year? Have you been um, bu- busy with projects? Or? Yeah, so I haven't really. <laughs> I'll say I haven't been trying, uh, but it's funny because every once in a while, if if you do follow me on Twitter, you'll see that um, I, I I think I said this year I've done now ten products in the year. So I, I kind of kid that. I'm doing the doing the 12 products in 12 months that a lot of people, you know, they a lot of people take up that challenge of I'm just going to launch a whole bunch of stuff just to kind of see what sticks kind of thing. Um, and and I never officially tried to do one of those challenges, but I'm on course to do 12 products in 12 months, even just uh, just by the sort of random stuff that I work on. So I'm not sure. Uh, if I'm in line to kind of win any, you know, to be uh, on 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 the list by the end of this year, but um, but I'm not really trying, especially with with Pod Hunt now. I'm really trying to f- focus in on on kind of one project t- towards the end of the year here. Yeah, no, makes makes complete sense. Uh, still, that that's pretty awesome. That's uh, quite the achievements uh, you've had thus far, and uh, definitely adds a lot of credibility uh, behind your name for sure. Um, so that's a lot of like products and projects you've worked on. Like, what are like maybe one or two? Not not including Pod Hunt because we'll, we'll mm-hmm. get into that. But one or two of your favorite projects you've ever worked on. Yeah, I mean, there's probably. Uh, two or three that really stick out um i mean one is called q that i built with some friends from england um they had this idea for uh uh for helping to automate uh, some more stuff in social uh in social media um so they wanted to build a system that allowed people to curate content in specific categories so if you're an expert in uh, you know, sort of online marketing or, uh, or something like that, and you wanted to curate a, a feed of content uh, on on that space, and then allow people to share that content on their social media because that's what some, they wanted to augment what they were t- t- tweeting about. So they have subject matter experts that they work with in AI and sales and marketing and so sort of all those kind of things to curate content, and then they have, and then we built an application that allows people to to connect to their s- social media accounts. Um, and then allows you to automatically share content in in specific categories that really interest you. And so it's Q Q U U U three U's dot co. So that was something I did uh, a few years back. Uh, and then, yeah, and so they're still operating that. It's still uh, it's still uh, doing really well. Um, uh, one of the earlier projects I built with uh, Ben. Hustle um, uh, with something called Botlist, um, and so that was just kind of a curated directory of chatbots, uh, 
in things like uh, in Messenger and Discord and those kind of things. You kind of you can build these automated systems that kind of interact with your customers and stuff like that. And so um, there was there was starting to be a lot of them being launched. And so we were uh, so I was working with Ben just to kind of help curate and kind of highlight uh, some really awesome uh, stuff um, there. Um, and then, uh, um, so the, the, the other one I'd like to highlight is, um, um, will robots take my job? <laughs> um, and that was something I built with, uh, somebody I met online from Bulgaria, uh, who I've never met. Um, but we, we built this thing, which just answers a very simple question of will robots take my job? So based on some research that some, uh, some folks over in, I think it was in Oxford, Oxford or Cambridge, I'm not sure, actually. I don't remember which one of those universities it was, but um, they, they, they looked at what skills you need to do a specific job, and they looked at the advancements of AI and robotics and things like that, and they said, what's the likelihood of your job being automated away? Um, and so we built a website uh, based off of the report that they published. And uh, the first um, the first week that that was live, we had done something like four million page views. Wow, that's crazy! So that's um, how many how many projects or websites do you have that that are currently still active? Um, so I, I have a website called iworkedon.com that lists all of my side projects that i built over the years uh so there's 85 on there i think right now and that's since like 2001 is kind of when i started doing side projects over the last 18 19 years um there's probably you know of that 85 there's probably about 30 or so that are still live because either other people work on them or they're just kind of automated where they just kind of update themselves or it's just a tool that, you know, it doesn't re really re re require a lot of maintenance or anything like that. Okay, guys. That's what I was going to ask next. I, I assume they're all pretty self-sufficient. Yes. Of how they're, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Um, do, do, you, do you work um, usually solo or do you have a team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, usually it's either somebody comes to me with an idea, so I'm kind of helping them kind of launch their idea. Um, and then... Um, if it's, if it's just a project that I want to work, if it's just something that I've got, that's just a, a sort of itch that I want to scratch, then I typically work on my own. Um, uh, I do, a few of the projects I've done have been with a friend of mine called Seth Louis. He's a, he's a pretty good, he's a great designer. Uh, and so, so sometimes we kind of split the effort where he kind of makes it all look really nice. And, and I, I just work on making uh, like the, coding end of things as well but but normally it's just it's either me on my own or working with folks who have an idea okay makes sense makes sense uh so let's talk about your current project pod hunt um it seems like this project is currently taking up most of your time i'd assume is that accurate yeah that's pretty accurate um yeah. i mean i i have a full-time job and then it kind of kind of all the spare time i've got uh, oh, I've been trying okay. to spend as much of that time on pod hunt. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so tell us about it. What, what is pod hunt and like, how did you even come a, like cross building it? 
Yeah, so PodHunt is uh, basically just trying to solve the problem of podcast discovery. Um, and so I've been a big fan of podcasts for a long time. I've been, you know, active going on 10 years or so now. Um, and, uh, you know, with so many podcasts out there, it's kind of hard to find something new to listen to and, you know, find something that will be of an interest to you based on your, uh, based on your preferences and, and, and whatnot. Um, and so PodHunt just tries to replace, I mean, obviously you've seen there's lots of blog posts and things out there and leaderboards that list what they think are the popular, most popular podcasts and, and, and the problem that I ran into is that when you went and looked at these blog posts or these leaderboards, they were basically all the same. So the top 100 podcast is always the same. You know, maybe number one becomes number three and number two becomes number four or, you know, kind of something like that. But basically the sort of top 100 were, kind of looked exactly the same. And they're mostly filled with celebrities as well, right? Like if like some NPR shows and, and you know, somebody from the TV and stuff, just because they, they can market their stuff obviously a lot easier. Um, and so what PodHunt does is it kind of turns things a little bit on its side by saying, we're not going to actually uh, build a leaderboard of podcasts as a whole. We're going to focus on individual episodes because uh, for a large number of the podcasts, you don't actually have to listen to every episode. You can find the sort of interview with somebody that, that might be interesting um, or, or something like that. So rather than focusing on a podcast as a whole, we say, well, we want to highlight individual episodes. Um, and so we let people submit individual episodes from a podcast. And then every day we have kind of a leaderboard where people can upvote that particular episode. Um, and so every day when you come back to Pod Hunt, uh, you'll see a new leaderboard and it will have hopefully just some random sampling of things that you've not heard. <laughs> um, and then based on the upvoting, you, know, you kind of get a good sense of whether people thought that was a good episode or not. Um, so I think, so yeah, so that's kind of like the idea, um, in terms of where the idea came from, it's actually an offshoot from product hunt itself, uh, because back in the day on product hunt, you could also submit not just applications and software, uh, but you could also submit books and video games and podcasts as well. Um, but after a while product hunt decided they want to f uh, focus exclusively on software stuff. And so they shut down all those other uh, categories that they had. Um, and podcast was the one that when I spoke to other people on product hunt, they were like, that's the one that we really miss. We really miss being able to find really cool podcasts and really miss, uh, and there's no really other way to kind of find really cool uh, podcasts. Uh, because obviously with like things like books and video games and stuff, there's lots of different, you know, uh, ways to kind of uh, find stuff. Um, but for podcasts, there really wasn't anything that really worked the same way. Um, and so that idea sat for, for like a year. I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to work on on that um, kind of at the time. Um, but uh, it, but but earlier this year uh, in July, uh, the sort of idea came up again as I spoke to some friends and so I started working on it again and uh yeah so the so since July I've been working on it now, that's amazing you know myself being a I guess a, a podcast maker you could say yes. uh, I was definitely uh, intrigued by it um it's it's a great 
concept, uh, definitely a lot of value it uh, brings to a lot of people. Um, did you talk about how many, you know, it's relatively new, obviously, was it a few months old now or? Yeah, so I started working on it on July the 25th. It's been live since, I think it, it took me about two weeks to push out like the really simple MVP. Um, and then I think I officially launched it two weeks after that. So it's been live for about uh, two months now. Yeah, nice. Started working it on my birthday. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's uh, also <laughs> my birthday as well. So. Oh, no way. Oh, wait. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. That's uh, quite the coincidence. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you talk about uh, like how many users are currently? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, I, mean, I launched it on Product Hunt and stuff. That really helped to get some early traction um, as well because there's obviously a lot of podcast people on product hunt still um so yeah so since i'm gonna pull up the stats just kind of as we speak just so that i can give you some live stats i always like to try and make sure that we're up to date date with all the stats and stuff but um so yeah so since launch um we've had uh, let me see i'm just gonna pull up these stats we're still doing i mean while i pull up the stats we're still doing roughly between anywhere from 100 and 200 people come to the site every day now um, uh, pretty consistently and we get somewhere between, uh, five and 10 podcast episodes being submitted every day as well, uh, which is pretty awesome. I think considering, like you said, how, how, uh, how early we are. Um, so yeah, so since launch, we've had about 10,000 people come to the, the website itself. Uh, they've done about 45,000 page views. Um, and in terms of actually people having signed up and stuff, yeah, we have about 600 people who signed, 660 actually, uh, who've signed up for an account so they can submit things and upvote things and, and sort of that kind of stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's pretty awesome, I think, for the first couple of months <laughs> yeah no that that's beyond awesome that's huge um so how do you how are you currently vetting people you're obviously not letting anyone submit podcasts at least right yeah now. so yeah so so what i did was when 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 i first launched it i kind of i wanted to make sure that people signed up and stuff so i basically said if you sign up now you will be able to submit episodes <laughs> um but now that we're kind of live and there's kind of some traction and stuff like that i mean most yeah so mostly what i do is i just ask people to to tweet at me just to say hey i want to submit an episode um sort of that kind of thing and then basically i just do a quick little scan over their account so make sure they didn't make their account in the last you know week or whatever and you know make sure that they're like a real person who's who hopefully will be an active participant on on the website itself as well so it's all very manual kind of at this point but it's it's kind of helping me uh, keep things fairly organized and you know like like we haven't had any spam on the website or anything like that you know and, and kind of things like that so that's really just helping just to make sure that I don't have to spend a lot of time uh, supporting stuff like that. Yeah, no, it makes makes sense. Um, where do you see like where, where do you want to take Pod Hunt? Like, what do you envision for it? Yeah, I mean, eventually, I mean, I think, you know, this, this, this idea around making a website was just kind of, uh, it was really easy to iterate and really easy to kind of launch and stuff like that. So really, I think that was just to make sure that the people liked the idea, 
uh, and and just to see if it would kind of work. I think longer term, it probably will need to be an application of some kind. Most people do their podcast listening in some kind of app, whether it's you know Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, kind of kind of stuff like that. Um, so I think I think you know next year I think. Uh, you'll probably see a pod hunt app of some kind <laughs> where you can find new episodes up, you know, kind of upload episodes and, and I think listen to all the episodes as well. Nice. Um, have you thought about any like monetization strategies or is it too early? You just want people to, to use it and see value yeah. in it. Yeah. So I mean, I haven't really focused on that yet. Although I did uh, around the time uh, of the official launch of on product and I did offer uh, some of the podcast hosts themselves the ability to kind of become a supporter so for a I think it was for a $25 fee um, you could become a supporter on PodHunt and that just meant that your profile on 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 PodHunt just had a few more features and things like that um, and, and it was just a little experiment just to see if people would be interested in becoming a supporter and be willing to pay to kind of use the service itself. Um, I, I don't think there'll ever be any way to charge the end user in terms of the, the sort of listeners on PodHunt, but in terms of the hosts of podcasts, yeah, it's, it seems natural to that they would want to be able to uh, pay and support the 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 website itself. Yeah, no, that makes uh, total sense. I agree. Um, so another question I have, like you, you know, you're obviously uh, like a very like a great developer, very talented, uh, but also seems you're doing a, a great job on the marketing side as well. Like, you know, from just the amount of followers you have online, the engagement your content gets, like the traction you're able to gain on your projects. Um, you know, a problem I see a lot of early stage founders have is how how to gain initial traction. Like they, they're sort of struggling on that component. Um, you know, a lot of these folks are maybe engineers, developers, don't have marketing experience. So like how, how are you getting users early on and gain, gaining this traction, like 600 signups in the first few months, like that's pretty huge. Like what's, um, what's sort of your strategies with that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I was, I was there too. Like many years back, I didn't have much of a following on Twitter or anything like that either. Uh, and, it, and it definitely takes time to kind of work that up and, and kind of, uh, yeah, to kind of have that kind of audience as well. Um, and, and really, I mean, mostly what, what I've done is, you know, it's just not just a matter of like launching applications and launching projects. Like I try and um, document um, kind of how, how I make things and kind of things I've tried. Like if you, if you follow my Twitter as well, you'll see all of the things that I've built with PodHunt. I've built pretty much in the open and, you know, things I've tried and things that have worked and things that haven't worked. Um, and, and, and you'll find, you know, I share a lot of that stuff. And I think as an engineer, uh, you know, people are interested to see, you know, what, what is working, what isn't working. And, and even, you know, kind of other startup founders as well, I kind of see, are, are kind of interested to see what's working and what isn't working uh, just so that they can try it on their own projects as well. So, that's really, really helped me to kind of build up that audience as well. Um, and, and, you know, and just to show up consistently as well and, and, and to, uh, and, and just to be available too. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I, I kind of, everybody has 
limited time, but as much as I can help other people with her ideas and, and kind of things like that, um, you know, I try and make sure that I'm kind of fair and kind of if, and then if I can help, uh, I, I try to as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I'm the same way. I like to, obviously time's limited, but it's always important to, to give back and share any experiences, insights you might have, which is good for the entire ecosystem. Um, but so, so from the sounds of it, it just seems like, you know, you've been consistent. Obviously, that's key with just documenting your journey and putting things out there. And obviously, people are you know, attracted to that. They see value in what you're doing and helping them out. And then it's just sort of like naturally your audience got larger and larger. So when you put something out, people pretty much sign up and try it out. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, and I've been fairly consistent in terms of, um, well, actually in, in this, this year specifically, I've been, you know, I've been trying to focus a little bit more in on, on, on kind of a specific industry and obviously on podcasting and things like that. Um, and, and so, you know, try and, you know, obviously it's nice just to get like a large audience with all different kinds of people and stuff like that. But if you can, if you can hone in on kind of who you think you're, you know, who you want to be t- talking to and, and who you want feedback from and everything like that, um, then, you know, try and try and produce content and updates that are going to be helpful for them kind of helps you when and just kind of like you said when you launch something then you're kind of talking to the kind of people that you want to actually speak to as well yeah make makes total sense um you mentioned so you so you do have a, a full-time job currently yes. right yes i work okay. for an agency yeah i work for an interactive agency uh in new york city where i'm a, i'm an engineering director okay cool um curious like what project or or product is making you the most revenue currently or has made you the most revenue do you share any of that information or are you able to share some of some of that i mean like i think um so in uh, so i mean a lot of my projects i don't actually try and make any money at all because they're purely for the you know the purpose of scratching my own itch or they're you know they're kind of they're they're more focused as kind of a learning tool or, or some kind of kind of exercise like that um, a lot of the products that I build to kind of help other people, it's more done on a, you know, like I'll take, you know, 10, 20, 15% of whatever the enterprise ends up becoming. It may not amount to anything. It might end up to amounting to something as well. Um, so that was kind of how when we built, um, when, when, when I helped to build Q uh, with with my friends in England, we just you know it was just a, it was just a regular startup. So we just we kind of split the equity kind of on that side of things, and that's you know that's you know it's not producing kind of revenue to me like on a monthly basis, but the company has some f- f- value, and I still own some part of that as well. Um, and then very similarly with Botlist as well, um, still own some part of that as well. Um, in terms of revenue, uh, I think uh, Will Will Robots um, was one that we did actually sell after a while uh, because we just weren't sure what to do with it. Uh, but that was b- b- bringing in anywhere from like a thousand to fifteen hundred a month just from advertising, 
um, kind of at the time as well. Um, so it just kind of, you know, the project, because I got so many of them, it just kind of goes through some cycles where some of them are making money and then some of them aren't either. Nice. I imagine you get a ton of like requests from people with ideas and pitching you concepts to build. Like, how do you decide what to go after? Um, yeah, usually it, well, it's usually it's a mix of well, how much time do I need to build that thing, um, and obviously, do I have the time to build that thing? Um, it's usually like the sort of uh, largest uh, factor that I weigh in. Um, and then it's just a matter of like trying to assess who the who the idea is coming from and how c- committed they appear to be at the idea and you know what can they bring to the t- table as well. Um, because even if you can't code, there's still there's so much more to running a startup than writing code. So even if you can't write code, uh, there's so many other things you can do from sales and marketing side of things, from you know, from content marketing even, and sort of those kind of things. Um, so I really look at you know what what are the people doing that have this idea that they say they want to build this thing into into you know into a serious business, but how seriously are they really uh, treating it, or is it just I've got this idea? It'd be cool if Mubs built it. And then we'll see what happens kind of thing. Or, you know, are they trying to establish it already? Are they trying to do, are they trying to build up a following on social media? You know, have they put together a good plan for, you know, how they're going to launch it, you know, how they're going to attract customers and, and sort of that kind of thing as well. Uh, because, yeah, ha- having a good thought out plan is just a, as, as important, which will help you execute on that as well. For sure. I mean, the, the app and product is half of the equation. There's a whole other slew of things that you, like you mentioned. Um, I'm sure you, you, you have a bunch of projects uh, either you're thinking about or in the works. Are you able to share anything cool coming out? Um, so, yeah, so it, it's funny. I've been talking to a few folks um, about uh, this whole alternative funding stuff that's happening right now. So there's been a big push to uh, kind of help bootstrap uh, founders kind of uh, fund their fund their operations without necessarily having to go and try and raise money from a venture capital. So there's companies like Ernest Capital and, and sort of those kind of things out there that are tiny seed and sort of those kind of companies that are kind of offering alternative ways of funding things. Um, and so I've been I've been trying to I'm trying to operate a little bit in that space because I think it's really awesome that people can build stuff and not have to worry about how do I scale my company so that I can raise money uh, from from a venture capitalist as well. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I'm working on a few projects kind of in that space to kind of help people, uh, you know, a little bit more optimized about how they how they run things and and kind of look at the uh, look at some of the different options about how they could raise money without having to uh, give up a large chunk of their percentage of of of, of their ownership. Yeah, no, that's um, that that sounds interesting. You know, it's definitely. Um, I'm really glad to see a lot of these alternative funding concepts come to form, like Ernest Capital and Tiny C. You know, coming from myself, like a bootstrapped SaaS founder. Um, you know, it's sort of a 
you know, miscon- like back in the day when I started out, everyone was, was sort of building apps and, and automatically just trying to pitch to VCs and get funding. Cause those are the companies that started getting all the glory on TechCrunch and this and that. But you know, the, the true grinders are like these bootstrappers who are building like profitable companies without, you know, taking any funds from anyone. So it, it's amazing to see these alternative concepts come to form and help folks like myself who are bootstrapped and trying to grow companies. So it's pretty awesome. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's cool to see that yeah, more and more now it, it's also just people want to build sustainable businesses, right? Like it's not uh, how much, yeah, how quickly can I build something so I can raise some money so I can grow quick, really quickly so I can raise some more money, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, to, just, just to get out of that cycle of just trying to get bigger and, raise more money and get bigger and raise more money. It's more, you know, people are really thinking about how can I build something that is going to be profitable as, as, as kind of early as it can, even if that means things grow a little bit slower, but at least you're profitable and you can pay yourself a salary and, and kind of without having to raise a, a, a sort of whole lot of money as well. Yeah, you know, at the, you you have to at the end of the day you have to think about sustainability and profitability because one day that money is just going to stop flowing in and then and then what are you going to do? Like I I've personally seen like a a few companies, people close to me who in the same time I've had my business who have got went the VC route and are, like are no longer around today because I guess the the money ran dry. So um yeah. Um Quick question, like, you know, uh, I'm a non-coder. I don't write mm-hmm. any code, not a developer. You know, my company is probably one of the very few SaaS companies where both co-founders are non-coders. So, um, like, I don't even think I've met anyone else like that. But what would be your suggestion for someone who is an entrepreneur but doesn't write any code that wants to build an app or a software? Like, what would you suggest for folks like that? Yeah, I mean, really, you've got three options, right? <laughs> One is you can learn how to code, <laughs> which which is not for everybody, but you know, it's a, it's it's also not that hard anymore as well. I will say there's lots of ways that you can learn if you want to. Um, so that's obviously your first option, which I don't recommend to a lot of people because if you've got to this point in your career and you haven't learned to code, it's probably because you don't really want to. Um, and so, but you know, but that that is still an option. Um, two, you can just try and find, um, you know, people, uh, who will kind of become part of your team who, who can code as well. And, you know, I, I find that, you know, just heading to like a local heat up in your area, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, if there's a, if there's a product hunt meetup or indie hacker meetup, or if there's a, if there's a programming one for like you know some specific language or, or something like that that uh that's usually a good place to, to, to kind of find people that might be interested in kind of helping you out um the third option is and you know and i, I mentioned ben hustle earlier but he's been pushing this idea of no code um and so there's a large there's a large number of applications and a large number of ideas that you can, you can launch now without having to write any code whatsoever. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's like a lot of tools out there now that will get you a long way to, along your, along your journey to be able to launch something. It may not be the final product that you want to launch, but you can start and, and see if there's an interest 
uh, in the market for what you want to make. Um, and, and so, you know, so, so being able to build something and launch something and see if there's interest in kind of what you're trying to do uh, will make it a lot easier then to attract all those other things. And, you know, if you, if, if you want to hire somebody to write your application for you already having, you know, sort of a large number of uh, people interested in what you're working on, I think is a really good indication as well. So that, that first MVP may not be everything that you want it to be, but it will kind of tell you that you're on, on the right path at least. Yeah, for sure. Great uh, practical tips and advice for sure. Very straightforward. Um, Mubs, I do want to be mindful of your time. Uh, we are cutting it short here. I do end off each chat with what I call the top three. You ready? Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm going to actually switch up the first one because obviously, you know, being involved in podcasts, I usually ask what's your favorite book, but I'm going to ask you what's your favorite, what are your, some of your favorite podcasts? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm obviously being in the sort of indie hacker, hacker space, obviously big fans of what Colin Allen is doing. Uh, on the Indie Hacker p- podcast, I was on it recently myself as well, so I might be a little bit p- p- biased on that as well. Um, Product Hunt is, is as well has uh, Product Hunt Radio, um, which is I think an, another real cool podcast for kind of hearing what what founders are, are doing and, and kind of working on. Um, there's been a recent surge in um, the number of podcasts where where you've got founders who are talking about their journey of making their own products as well. So uh, Transistor FM, uh, which is run by Justin Jackson and John Berta have uh, a weekly podcast where they just talk about every week what they're doing, what they're struggling with, sort of of those kind of things. Just that will apply to all founders i think uh so yeah so those those are the kind of things i I find really interesting as well nice that's awesome um number two your favorite vacation spot oh that's a tough one um so i mean the the i I guess the the best vacation probably i ever had was in hawaii so i would have to say that (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites as well. And uh, lastly, if you can go back, what's the one thing you wish you knew when you were just starting out in business? Um, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, so it's not, it's not an uncommon thing now, but I think, I, I think the thing that you keep in mind is that we're all just making it up. <laughs> we're, you know, we, we, we're just trying to all just everybody out there is just trying to work it out kind of as, as it happens. I don't think everybody has all the answers. I think a lot of people when they, when, when they see established founders out there, they, 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 they just kind of think that, well, they, you know, those, those guys seem to know everything about how to run a business and how to build software and, and, and things like that. But you know, having been in that world for a while now, um, you know, it's clear to me that nobody really has all the answers and we're all just trying to work it out. And, and as long as you're open to talking to people and finding and talking about the things that you're struggling with as well, uh, yeah, people will help you find what those answers are. Um, and, and so, yeah, so just start, even if, even if you don't think you're ready to kind of launch your own thing, just, 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 just start. 
I totally agree with that. Couldn't agree more. We were all trying to figure this out. Uh, Mubs, thank you so much. Uh, it was a real pleasure having you on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear it. Be sure to check out founderviews.com for my latest posts and episodes on my journey with everything SaaS, business, and startups. Talk to you later. Peace.